to you. The thing about opinions is, opinions just like assholes. Everybody got one, and most of them full of shit. But see, facts, that's some shit we gotta deal with. Motherfucker, sky's blue, grass is green, water's wet. If a motherfucker tell you that water ain't wet, you gotta write their ass off and everything they say. Motherfuckers nowadays so strong on their opinions, y'all know the difference between what the fuck they feel and what the fuck is real. Y'all know what the fuck the deal is out here. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Unpopular Opinions and Undeniable Truths. Now this week I want to cover an issue that's pretty much blowing up in America right now. And it's a string of violence that's taking place against Asian people uh, in America right now. Uh, um, I'm going to guess that this is related to the COVID-19 breakout. Because, you know, there's, there hasn't been just violence against Asian people in years. So I'm assuming that's what it's related to. But my issue is that why are we all people of color when it's convenient for everyone else? Um, it's not often that you hear Asian individuals or pretty much anyone of any race that they're a person of color, unless it's convenient at the time. And um, did a little research, and I wanted to look up a few things and share it with you all. Um, I want to start with uh, the Chinese, and I'll actually be discussing two Asian countries, China and Japan, when it comes to relations with America and immigration. Um, in 1850, the Chinese began immigrating to the U.S., and they came basically, you know, to work in gold mines, agricultural jobs, and the garment industry. Um, they were also, you know, like highly involved in the establishment of railroads in the West. They, they basically built many of the railroads in the West. And like most non-white individuals in America, they received heat when they became successful entrepreneurs. Because, you know, they worked for a while and they decided to branch out and do some other things. And they made more profits than some white people who've considered themselves the bottom of the motherfucking room. Now, as many Chinese individuals simply came to America to escape hardships in China, you know, or to send money back, you know, to China, you know, they ended up working for low wages and in poor conditions, you know, that non-Chinese Americans didn't want to work in or deal with. So because they could work for lower wages and were willing to work for lower wages, a lot of the non-white Americans saw this as a problem. Now, when I say non-white, I'm not talking about black people. It's the 1850s. We were still motherfucking slaves. But because they working for lower wages, a lot of motherfucking, basically, European white Americans saw that as a motherfucking problem. So, you know, the West was not fully developed yet. And many Americans from around the country wanted to establish a foothold in the West. And they saw Chinese immigrants as competition. So you had these motherfuckers coming over here, they working for less, and they're working harder. And a lot of white motherfuckers are like, hold on, who is these motherfuckers right here? You know, they 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 a problem. So they had to deal with a lot of discrimination from America. And because of this discrimination from Americans and a sense of cultural unity, many quote unquote Chinatowns around America were developed. And uh, many advocates for anti-Chinese legislation argued that these Chinatowns were communities of prostitution, uh, opium abuse, alcoholism, violence, and a lot more bullshit. Um, you know, so they started to advocate that the anti-Chinese legislation was needed and that but, um, the Chinese people were basically 
lowering the cultural and moral standards of America. Like, you know, like, motherfuckers in America didn't like prostitutes, drugs, and fucking alcohol before the Chinese came. Like, they were the only motherfucking country that came to America and decided, hey, we like motherfucking pussy, dope, and alcohol. Pure 100% motherfucking bullshit. But when you had nothing else to go on, this the fuck they had to work with. It wasn't like the Chinese motherfuckers were out here fighting or shooting up shit. Nah, when you looked at the Western United States, all the violence basically came from motherfucking white people. But they had to talk about, you know, what the Chinese did that in some standard. You know, hell, they not fucking up money. They like working and shit. We got to find a way to get rid of these motherfuckers. So, to address the tension, California passed, you know, quite a few acts that affected Chinese immigrants. And among those were, you know, preventing naturalization and requiring special licenses for Chinese businesses and workers. So what this meant was that they would make it hard for someone to become, for a Chinese person to become an American citizen. And then if you were Chinese and you were in America working, you had to carry a license basically saying, I'm a scholar, um, I, I'm working garments and shit, something like that. And it was hard for a lot of motherfuckers to get. So in 1882, you know, Congress passed the Chinese Exclusion Act, okay? And this suspended the immigration of Chinese laborers to the U.S. for 10 years and required Chinese people within the country to carry this motherfucking paperwork. So I was saying, hey, I'm a laborer, I'm a scholar, a diplomat, some shit. And in 1892, Congress was on so much bullshit, they extended the motherfucking um, the Exclusion Act for another 10 years. And in 1902, the Exclusion Act, they extended that shit to Hawaii and the Philippines. So what that meant was that, hey, they didn't want motherfucking Chinese immigrants coming to America, Hawaii, or the motherfucking Philippines. And this shit was in place from 1882 to motherfucking 1902. And the Chinese Exclusion Act was repealed in 1943. Now, I'm thinking that the reason they repealed this shit was because World War II was going on. And the Americans didn't want to piss off their allies. So, historically, motherfucking Chinese people have experienced some discrimination in America. But, um, Chinese immigration started in the 1850s. And not to motherfucking play the game of who suffered more or some shit like that. But when they came in 1850, they were motherfucking paid for their services. In the 1850s, Americans, black Americans were still motherfucking slaves. You weren't getting paid for shit. Probably paid with the motherfucking end of a whip and some pig feet, but nothing motherfucking else. In that sense, these motherfuckers were fucking over Chinese people and motherfucking black people, but in different ways. But one thing I will say for the Chinese was that they had an ability to work and gain some money and eventually establish something for their families. Whereas motherfucking black people, shit, we still motherfucking slaves. And motherfucking freedom, quote unquote freedom, wasn't gained until 1865 with the end of the motherfucking Civil War. Now we'd like to take a break to bring you a word from one of our sponsors. This week's episode is brought to you by Big Willie's Male Hygiene Wet Wipes. These wipes don't prevent STDs or stop the spread of them. However, they make your dick smell good enough long enough to fuck. Comes in the scents of evergreen forest, cucumber, melon, and strawberry splash. They're available at your local gas stations. 
They come in a lightweight portable package that can fit in the pockets of those tight ass jeans y'all like to wear or those little man bags y'all like to carry. So when you're trying to smash and you know you smell like ass, get you a pack of Big Willie's Male Hygiene Wipes. Uh, now another country I would like to speak of and their dealings of just racism in America and discrimination in general is Japan. Um, after Pearl Harbor, the Japanese took a lot of fucking heat in America. Japanese Americans, um, some Jap second generation Japanese people, a lot of immigrants from Japan. And it's because of the attack on Pearl Harbor, hell, the Americans were fucking paranoid. And I'm not excusing the actions, you know. It was wartime, and they really know how to deal with the shit. Once again, not excusing it, the situation was fucked up. Now, they set up numerous internment camps throughout the country. Now, what these camps were were basically concentration camps without the death. Um, they took the homes, the businesses of a lot of Japanese Americans or Japanese people living in America because they didn't know who was a spy, who wasn't a spy. And a lot of these people suffered. They lost a lot of shit, and they they dealt with a lot of motherfucking suffering. Now, in 1988, uh, President Ronald Reagan, he signed um, what was called the Civil Liberties Act of 1982. And what it did was provide $20,000 for each Japanese, Japanese person who was in America and had to go to an internment camp. And this came out to $1.2 billion in 1988. Now, the Civil Liberties Act of 1992 appropriated another $400 million to ensure that all remaining Japanese people who were placed in internment camps received their $20,000. And afterwards, President George H.W. Bush he issued an apology because, you know, he, he felt bad about what he did. And he said that some of that shit was wrong. Now, I would never say that the Japanese people did not deserve reparations. They were fucked over. They shit was taken. They were placed in internment camps. And they received a lot of bullshit. Um, but let's look at reparations when it comes to effects of things that have happened to black people in America. You had the Tulsa race riots. No reparations. You had the Longview race riots. No reparations. But we can look at Rosewood. Now, Rosewood was a movie, I believe, in the 90s. Um, a lot of people hadn't heard about Rosewood. My family's from the South, so I had been told about it. Now, when you look at Rosewood and what happened to them, they did receive some reparations. But it was under some strict fucking circumstances. So, Rosewood passed, um, well, I'm sorry, the state of Florida passed a Rosewood Family Scholarship. And it pays a maximum of $6,100 each academic school year to 290 recipients. Now, to be eligible, a person must be able to verify that they are a direct descendant of a person who was attacked in the Rosewood riots. Also, $150,000 was given to nine survivors of the Rosewood riots by the state of Florida. Now, that comes out to, what's that, like $1.35 million. Not really that much. Now, survivors who took the money, they no longer qualify for Medicaid because, you know, this shit just passed like last year, 2020, I believe. Now, it probably was a little earlier than that. Motherfucking, the uh, fucking Rosewood was like in the 1920s, so these motherfuckers were like old as fuck. They pretty much needed that Medicare. And $150,000, although it's more than most people have in one lump sum at any given time, in the long run, you know, when you lose your Medicaid and shit, you got to pay medical bills. They probably had to pay some motherfucking attorney fees, 
taxes, some shit like that. It really wasn't enough, you know, for them to make, you know, to lose that motherfucking Medicaid and shit. Now, the Rosewood Family Scholarship, this is what's really fucked up about it. If you decide to go to a school outside of Florida, you can't get the motherfucking $6,100. It's like, hey, these reparations are only for in-state and you got to stay here and the money got to go to one of our fucking schools. So, um, also, if an, um, a descendant of the state lives out, a descendant of a um, Rosewood survivor lives out of state and they decide they want to take advantage of the Rosewood Family Scholarship, they're still charged out-of-state tuition, and the $6,100 is applied. So they're still getting less, and that's pretty fucked up, too. Now, as we can sit back and look, the reason that slavery receives no reparations because, you know, reparations of any kind to descendants of slave will put America in another motherfucking depression. So it's financially easier for America to come up with some bullshit legislation every now and again to come up and, you know, to help people, black people in bits and pieces and descendants of slaves in bits and pieces instead of actually giving them a lump sum of something. Now, I personally don't have anything against any race. I just like human beings in general, all of them. But when we take a look at actually giving people reparations let's let's take a look at um the population of america that is actually black population of america that is motherfucking black is uh 14 to 15 percent roughly forty-seven thousand people so let's say the united states government said we're going to give the descendant each descendant of a slave in america ten dollars ten fucking dollars that's 4.7 billion dollars they would have to give out Let's say they decided, hey, because there are no living slaves that I'm aware of. Um, let's say they say we're going to give each person $20,000, something similar to what was given to the Japanese because of their internment in the 1940s during World War II. That would come out to roughly $940 billion. You see the strain that would place on the American economy? It would basically put America in a motherfucking um, depression. So it's not financially feasible for America to repay any type of reparations to black people. Let's say they said um, we're going to give a $6,100 scholarship similar to what they did in Florida. Uh, $6,100 towards your education. Anywhere in motherfucking America, we're going to pay that every year. Guess what? That's still a shitload of money. It's, I haven't did the math on it. It's a lot less than $940 billion, but it's still a shitload of motherfucking money. Me personally, I believe that student loans should be forgiven for black people. I mean, shit, you got a lot of motherfucking people who went to school, got education, spent a shitload of money on it. Now, you got a lot of motherfuckers out here saying, hey, black people, you were freed from slavery in 1865. Why haven't you all gotten your shit together? Well, let's take into consideration that when motherfucking black people were freed from slavery in 1865, it was like opening the door and saying, hey, there you go. Go do something. A lot of these motherfuckers had nowhere to go. They definitely didn't have no motherfucking money saved up. They was just free. All they could say was, we're not slaves anymore with shit else. No education. No motherfucking, no um, foundation to start anything. No motherfucking businesses. They were just out here. No communities of their own. All this shit had to motherfucking be established at a later motherfucking time. And that was a little motherfucking hard. So then you had Jim Crow. 
Jim Crow is basically saying, hey, you and segregation like a motherfucker. We don't want you motherfuckers living around us. Y'all go fuck off. That was something else motherfuckers had to deal with. Then you had motherfucking um, some eventual civil rights legislation in the 1960s. And you also had uh, Brown versus Board of Education, I believe, in 1954. Then you had systemic racism. Then you had the American Prison Institute. Then you had crap being dropped in the hood. As you can tell, it wasn't really easy for motherfucking black people to get their shit together. Still isn't motherfucking easy. Um, but we can look further into this situation. And we can see that, hell, um, the World War II ended in 1946. The first payment to survivors of the internment camps happened in 1988. That was less than 50 years later. We're just going to say, what, 42 years later? They were able to get some form of compensation for being in internment camps. To this day, motherfucking black people have not received a motherfucking payment. So I hold the people, the generation of people who actually lived in the internment camps, a lot of them motherfuckers were still alive. Ain't too many slaves alive. None that I know of. So that's why the fuck no payments have been made. And that's a big argument people were being given. Well, you know, you all have received every other things. Well, no, because civil rights legislation wasn't just for black people. That was for all quote-unquote people of color or people who decide to be people of color when it's convenient for them. <laughs> um, affirmative action wasn't just for black people. It was for all quote-unquote people of color or people who decide to be people of color when it's convenient for them. So this legislation that people decided, hey, that's for black people. No, it wasn't for black people. It was for all motherfucking American people who was basically, anyone who was basically non-white could use the motherfucking civil rights legislation in 1964 and 1968 to their advantage. Whereas the motherfucking payments that came from the internment camps of motherfuckers who were locked up, the Japanese people who were locked up during World War II, guess what? That was simply for Japanese survivors, Japanese people who survived the internment camps. Now we're going to take a break to bring you a message from one of our sponsors. Has this pandemic made you realize how much you dislike your significant other? Does a lack of movement through quarantine make it more difficult to dip off with your side piece? Ladies, do you miss the long strokes of your unemployed side dude who likes eating ass? Gentlemen, do you miss the sexual intercourse with that special lady, which will undoubtedly lead to 18 years of drama, wage garnishments, and child support? Dip Off Lane is the hotel built to accommodate all of your needs. They offer 50 rooms in a secluded location that are available to members only. Dip off that special someone to create a baby you don't want or need just because you need a night of passion, nastiness, and sex relief. Contact Dip Off Lane where you come for the sex and leave with regret. Now, as I previously stated, um, the crimes being committed against the Asian community by a coward-ass racist right now is, is foul as hell. But it always appears that whenever there's a race who's going through a motherfucking problem in the country, they want to look to the black community. And we don't have the motherfucking problem solved, okay? We just, we just have more experience with dealing with racism in America, more accustomed to it. We learn how to work around it. And learning how to work around a problem is not motherfucking solving it. Like, let's say the problem is my dog takes a shit in the floor every morning. Whenever my dog feels like taking a shit, he takes a shit whenever and wherever the fuck he wants. And I find ways to maneuver around it. I catch the smell. I see it. I can step over it, around it, not go in that room where the shit is at. Guess what? 
That's not solving the problem that my dog is shitting whenever and wherever the fuck he wants. And that's what racism is in America. A big shit that motherfucking Americans take whenever they want. And there's no, there's been no solution to it so far. And the thing is, hey, with most shits, you either got to pick it up and get rid of it. Or you got to get rid of the motherfucker that's taking the shit. Which would be the dog or the motherfucking racist. Or... You could take the time and let, listen to me, people. I know this is going to hurt a few people. Motherfucker could take the time to train the dog, i.e. racist, not to shit everywhere for their own fucking convenience. Just a motherfucking thought. But um, it's funny to me that there's, there's always this we're people of color thing when it's fucking convenient. And... Black people have historically been supportive of other motherfucking cultures. Black people celebrate a lot of Cinco de Mayo, uh, St. Patrick's Day. Um, not too big on the Chinese New Year. But when you look in the motherfucking black communities, you have a lot of fucking stores owned by people from different fucking cultures. Uh, Arabic, Pakistani, Chinese, Korean, Japanese. And people might say, well, that's because you all couldn't start your own business. Not completely, because when you look at motherfucking uh, a lot of white communities around the motherfucking country, uh, people from other ethnicities just don't start businesses in their neighborhood. I remember when I was in law school, there were two gas stations in this town. Well, three, I'm sorry. One was black owned, one was white owned, one was owned by Arabics. Now, I don't know what country they were from, and I mean no disrespect by saying Arabic. But I knew they were Arabic, just don't know exactly what country they were from. Um, I think I was probably one of the few people who actually went to the gas station because they had good-ass prices. But they didn't get any support from the community because I went to motherfucking law school in some the hillbilly-ass town. And there were a lot of fucking white-ass racists. And they basically tried to run these motherfuckers out of business. So it's easy to say, hey, if you come in our neighborhood and we don't want you here, we just won't support you. Because other communities do do it. But black people have such a history of being discriminated against in this country that they're more acceptive of other people. They're more acceptive of other fucking cultures. Um, we can look at the Wu-Tang Clan. They were greatly influenced by the Chinese culture. And they refer to Staten Island as Shaolin even. Um, you have a generation of black martial artists who were influenced by Chinese cinema. You know, a lot of black people got involved with Kung Fu and Karate and the martial arts in general in the 70s and 80s because they saw kung fu flicks and they was like damn i want to do that they were bruce lee fans i myself am a fan of chinese and japanese literature i have an actual i have a section of my personal library that's dedicated to motherfucking chinese and japanese uh, literature um aspects of black culture however they're only like emulated when they're popular or profitable now, we, we can look at music, okay? Um, jazz, rock and roll, R&B, rap. Those are forms of music that are accepted by other cultures because they're profitable and they popping. They, they what's up right now. They were well, what was up at their time, so people wanted to listen to that shit. But let's look at something like gospel, or old Negro spirituals. Don't nobody want to listen to that shit. Most black people don't want to listen to that shit. Other cultures damn sure didn't want to listen to, you know, 
people dealing and complaining about struggles and getting whipped and shit. Because that wasn't what was hot and that didn't make motherfuckers feel good. So although black people are very, very acceptive of other motherfucking cultures, we don't always receive that same reciprocity. However, when a motherfucking problem comes, like I previously stated, oh no, we're people of color, we deal this together. No, no, because I've had a lot of contact with motherfucking Mexican people, Puerto Rican people, Chinese people, Arabic people, all of that. And I myself, I say I'm black. I've never been around a Chinese person who said, hey, I'm yellow. I've never been around a Puerto Rican person who said I'm brown. They say I'm Puerto Rican. They're from Honduras. They don't say I'm brown. They say I'm from Honduras. I'm Honduran. They don't say Mexican people not saying I'm brown. No, they say I'm Mexican. Arabic people, they're not saying, hey, I'm Arabic. No, I'm motherfucking Pakistani. I'm Indian. Something of that. They don't, that, these are not things that they say. But historically, we are the only people who identify as a color in this country. We say that we're black. We were told that we were black. We have an option on some motherfucking job applications, applications for school or whatever the fuck to say that we are a color. I am black slash African-American. It doesn't say brown slash Hispanic, yellow slash Chinese, yellow slash Korean. It doesn't say that. But when convenient, we are all people of color. And I'm not saying, hey, we need to just say, fuck all people, other races and their problems. All I'm saying is, if you can deal with the good by yourself, sometimes you got to deal with the bad by yourself. And it's not to kick people to the motherfucking curb, but it's to get the point across. Hey, when are you a person of color? When it's convenient for you? Because it's convenient to get help when you're getting your motherfucking ass kicked. And that's not really motherfucking cool. Now, I can't sit up here and say that the black community has never had any solidarity with the Asian community at all. Um, the Black Panther Party was closely associated with communist China. Um, it wasn't necessarily with the Asian community in America, but the country of China. And the Black Panther Party did hand out uh, the Little Red Book of Teachings by Mao Zedong. And Mao did reportedly support the civil rights movement in America, and he supported the Black Panthers. Um, now, whether or not this was, you know... <laughs> Him having a genuine concern about race relations in America or because he sought to cause, you know, civil unrest in America, that's debatable. But that that shit did motherfucking happen. And to what extent he actually gave a fuck, hey, it's hard to motherfucking say. But at that time, he did have it. And because of, you know, the Cold War going on. Americans and Americans and democracy versus the Chinese, the Russians and Cuba and anything communist, he had an interest in motherfucking infighting in America. Um, after the motherfucking the Soviet Union fell, I didn't hear too much about you know just Chinese people supporting black causes in America. Now, um, like I said, the current attacks on Asian Americans are horrible, but. Asian communities in America have historically shown great pride in their seclusion and self-reliance. And like I said, I believe that if you can deal with the good alone, you must deal with the bad the same way. And 
black people, we can't be automatically nominated to join in fights dealing with discrimination and other communities when we, we ain't got no motherfucking solution. There are other motherfucking races and cultures and in this country that have received discrimination, reparations, and had the problem remedy far better than the motherfucking black community. And I'm not just saying we should, like I said, we shouldn't just kick motherfuckers to the side. But if we don't have a motherfucking solution to the problem we dealt with for centuries, how are we going to jump in the fight and help somebody else? We got some self-problems. Hey, we can, hey, what, we can teach you motherfuckers how to sing um, old Negro spirituals, wade in the water. We can teach you how to non-violently protest. Okay, hey, hey, sit at the lunch counter. Walk down the street, get shot with a water hose, let a dog bite you in the ass, let a German shepherd treat you like a fucking chew toy. Um, we can t- we can show you how to set up civil rights groups that are um infiltrated by the government and made to look like horrible people or assassinated. Um, we can let crap get dropped in your community, and then. The United States government can set up a legislation that separates families and, and sends motherfucking fathers to jail and, and mothers to the crack house and shit, or the kids are separated from the families. This is what the fuck we can show you. Because there is no fucking solution that we have right now. I, I, what is it, that we suffer together? We're okay? Because right now all we can show is how to suffer. And I don't think that's very convenient for any motherfucking party. It's not to say, hey, shit, shit on the Asian people. We don't have anything to do with them. But to what extent is the Asian community involved in black problems? And to what extent, you know, we have to reciprocate what's put out. So if we, if the black community puts forth all this effort and helping with crimes against Asians... Should we expect something in return? Or should we just say that we're doing our part to help other, um, other quote-unquote people of color? And now we're going to take a brief moment for a word from one of our sponsors. Look at you, sitting here listening to this podcast. All chucked full of shit. All your ass eat is fast food and fried shit. You can't even eat vegetables if they ain't fried. Fried pickles, fried cabbage, fried water. You unhealthy bastard. Your ass probably thinking about something now that's fried, covered in sugar, and got grease running out of it. Fix your horrible eating habits with Lid Daddy's Home Weekend Detox. This 48-hour detox cleans your colon and liver with some natural ingredients, but nothing more dangerous than the stuff you put in your body already. can be purchased at your local gas station right across from all the snacks that's killing your big ass. Me, personally, um, I've had the great pleasure of going to school and interacting with people of many different races. Um, when I went to elementary school, it was majority black. I think we had like maybe two black teachers and that was like a white dude in our class until like the third grade. And then like all the white people left. I don't know what was up with that. I liked them. Um, went to high school, it was majority white. Then I went to HBCU for college, and I went to the whitest school in America for law school. So I've had interaction with people at different levels, and 
I've seen how different cultures interact with black people from my interaction with black people and quote unquote people of color. Um, two of my best friends and oldest and longtime friends happen to be one Irish dude and one Mexican dude. And uh, cool as fuck with me. I've known them for over 20 years. Um, I've had some experience with people of color who aren't black. And it showed me like how people from different races who are minorities look at us. Um, one of the first experiences I want to speak of is uh, I was in the gym, I want to say, might have been about 10 years ago. And that was this Mexican guy. And I think he really hung around me because I was a lawyer and I lifted weights. I honestly believe if I hadn't been a lawyer and wasn't strong, this man would have no affinity for me whatsoever. He'd be like, fuck that nigga. But because I was a strong motherfucker and he thought he could learn something from me academically and fucking in the weight room, he fucked with me. And I think his relationship with me led him to get too comfortable or he, I must have said something to lead him to believe I didn't like black people as much as he assumed I did. But we were in the gym and he asked me did I watch some comedian on TV and I was like well no I don't watch that comedian because I don't like the things he says about black people. And he looked me dead in my eyes and he said well can you blame him? Look at the way you all treat each other. And I choked his ass. Now, I didn't choke him because I wanted to hurt him. I choked him for two reasons. I wanted to scare his ass. And I wanted to show him that black people don't just treat each other like shit. We, we occasionally take the time to treat others like shit. But it was funny to me because he's labeled as a minority. And he never walked up to me and said, hey, Nate, I'm a brown person like you're a black person. No. He was a motherfucker who identified as a Mexican. And when convenient, he associated with black people. But for the most part, he associated with Mexicans and with white people. Now, do I have anything against him for his choice? Nah. But when your choice costs you to stay stupid shit to me, I'm, I'm probably choke your motherfucking ass. Um, my second situation came when I was actually in college. And this was funny because this was, um, an African person. Um, my HBCU had many people there from foreign countries. Uh, well, not from foreign countries, from Africa. I mean, it's not like we had, it wasn't diverse. My HBCU was not one of those motherfucking diverse schools. We had white people on campus, but they, they were like from Australia fucking Germany and shit. We didn't just have too many white people on campus who were from America. We had like motherfuckers from Europe and shit. But um we were there and we had a lot of Africans on campus. I remember we was we was at a friend's um crib. We were smoking weed. And there was this African dude and I believe he he went on this like this long monologue when he got high talking about silly niggas. And one of the girls that was like, what the fuck you mean, silly nigga? It's like, you black too? He's like, no, I'm not black. I'm Nigerian. You all are black. And that's once again showed me like, shit, this, this motherfucking 
black people problem. It's, it's the African-American problem, a black person problem to a great extent. And the motherfucking racism continues with motherfucking people of color because when I got to law school, um, there was an Asian lady. And I believe she was in her third, I don't know what year was she in. I don't remember what year she was in, but she was older than me. Well, everybody was older than me. But she took it upon herself one day to tell me that I got into law school because I was black. And she got in because she was smart. And she wanted to put it, and basically she told me, you know, like, you know, I'm smart. I didn't need affirmative action to get in, but because you're black, they cut you a deal. And I told her she was a dirty bitch and to go suck dick because she didn't know my LSAT scores or my GPA. Like, I actually had, like, a hell of a high school, a hell of a college career. She was, like, just a student. So my interaction with people, quote, unquote, of color has led me to believe that a lot of other minorities only fuck with black people when it's something that's convenient for them when they can actually deal with the shit well with some shit that we can relate to now as we sit up here and we look i want everybody to take into consideration um what happened in georgia and it was fucked up because you had this motherfucker uh, Brian Long, no, Robert Aaron Long from Georgia. And he killed six Asian women and two other people. And when he killed these people, the sheriff said that he was having a bad day. Um, He's a noted, he has like sexual problems. Like I guess he gets sexually aggressive when he doesn't get any. Um, He was an alcoholic. And six, eight people lost their lives because he had a personal problem that he couldn't deal with, that his family couldn't help him deal with. And he took it out on six Asian people. And the way the media portrayed it, it was like he has an issue. He needed help. They made the aggressor seem like a victim. And everyone is saying now, you know, that the black community should reach out to the Asian community and help them with their cause. And I believe that for the first time in a long time, the Asian community feels like niggas. They got fucked over. They were the victim of a motherfucking white person who couldn't control their issues. And nothing was done. And in return, this young man, instead of saying, hey, he was some fuck up who had issues, who killed us, who killed people he shouldn't kill, and he should be motherfucking roasted on the spit. Everyone said that he's a victim himself and he has issues. And it got to be fucked up when you're the person who was actually victimized and the perpetrator received sympathy. And for I think that when you get treated like a nigga, not a black person, you get treated like a nigga. It's something that's hard to get used to. You got to ease your way into it. You know, we ain't had motherfucker. We black people that had a long time to get used to the nigga treatment from this motherfucking country. And when I see the media and when they say that black people should unite with Asian people, 
to help Asian people, you know, deal with this issue. I'm not hearing in some aspects that they're saying we should unite to come up with a resolution to end racism in America. What I'm hearing is black people should get together with Asians and other people of quote-unquote color to help them deal with issues the way niggas have. That's what I'm hearing. Deal with the situation like a nigga and learn how to deal with the situations like niggas have. Not come to a resolution like people of colors. Because everyone who has eyes, who's been in America, who's read the newspaper, who knows the history of this country, knows that the problem has not been solved. So what the fuck will be solved by black people and Asians uniting? Not much. Not much at all. However, at the end of the day, I do believe that um, Asian communities in America will receive the help it needs from the government, whether or not it receives help from the black community. Um, the There are approximately 5.6% of Americans identify as Asian American, people of Asian descent. Um, that's around 18 million, 18.6 million. That's a relatively small number when you think, when you realize that the state of New York itself has 19 million people in it. So the population of Asian people in America in general is, it wouldn't fill up the state of New York. Could, you know, it would be less. Um, when you when you look at the situation, it's it's small. It's easy for America, the government, to solve a problem that deals with a smaller population. If they had to deal with a large group such as Latinos, or 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 African Americans, Black people, whatever the fuck you identify as they would be more hesitant because of the number, because the money that would be needed, the amount of power, the manpower that would be needed, the legislation, the um, the different aspects of the community. Um, Asian people are probably more culturally united than black people. Whereas when you look at black people during the civil rights movement, they were more united because they had one thing in common. They wanted to stop getting their ass beat, bitten by German shepherds, and discriminated against. So the Asian community right now, they have a common goal. They want motherfuckers to quit fucking with them. So that's an easier goal for the, the United States government to jump on and attempt to fucking solve. Okay, we need legislation that's aimed at people actually discriminating against Asian Americans. And don't get me wrong, there are, there is there are hate crime laws. That shit is in place. But I do believe that the current administration and a lot of states will put legislation in place specifically aimed at individuals who commit hate crimes against Asian Americans. Because they need to... America is a country of quick fixes. What's hot right now? What we need to do to get shit over with? How can we solve this issue as fast as possible? And I see that happening. Because a lot of hate crimes that have been taking place for years aren't actually motherfucking looked at. I mean, you let's put it like this. If you hit somebody, that's a misdemeanor. If you hit somebody and use a racial slur, that's a motherfucking felony. 
And a lot of times, um, as a person who's been practicing law for a long time, uh, when you know as a person that an incident was racially motivated, it's hard to prove that shit. Because a lot of the motherfucking time, it'll be like, hey, maybe he did kill a person. Maybe he did kill a Guatemalan. And I'm not picking on Guatemalans. I don't even know any Guatemalans. I'm just throwing a name out there. Maybe he did kill this man because he's from Guatemala. But can we prove it? How do we know he just didn't kill this man because it was a random attack or because he was an asshole? And what I'm seeing with the shooting that took place in Georgia about a week ago is the media and this man's family and his friends, they're doing everything they can to make it seem like this wasn't a racially motivated attack. That's why they're trying to say he had a sex addiction. He had an alcohol addiction. He was mentally unstable. Because it's easier to say, hey, he's just a fucked up person, you know, and we couldn't do anything about that. But he, he's not racist. Because that makes everybody feel better. Like, no, it wasn't a racially motivated attack. We're not out here attacking Asians. He's just a sex addict who wanted to kill six people at a spa. And it's things like that, like I just said a minute ago, that makes people know what it's like to be a nigga. Not a person of color, not a black person, not an African-American, a nigga. And that's the nigga treatment that I believe a lot of Asian people are unaccustomed to. And it's shocking the shit out of them to actually have to deal with it. And now here's a word from our last sponsor. Do you want to be famous but lack talent? Do you have the next big idea but need help getting a buzz? Or are you just a lame-ass motherfucker who wants to get noticed? Well, fake niggas clout chasing and dick riders extraordinaire have your back. They have a team of well-trained dick riders ready to put on their hats and ride for you. Fellas, they will repost pictures of you calling you their big bro, their blood, their day one. And say that your business is the greatest and that your rap lyrics are fire. Ladies... They will post crowns under your pics and repost your cheap-ass clothes, raggedy-ass weaves and wigs, and state that you are the realest woman ever. If you're a fake nigga, they'll make you real. If you're a clout chaser, they'll put on their shoes and run with you. If you're a dick rider, they'll lube you up real good. Contact for services today, and they're always hiring, because the world can never have enough fake niggas, clout chasers, and dick riders. America is a country where it said... Anyone can come and achieve their dreams. It's a land of opportunity. You know, and to some extent I call bullshit on that. America is a place um, of sometimes blatant, often hidden racism. And one of the most blatant things that we can see in American society is the actual term of American. If we were all fully accepted, there would be no need to hyphenate what we are. You have African Americans, Asian Americans, Latino Americans, Native Americans. And that's all to let us know that if you're not just straight up American, you're not white. And you're looked upon a different way in this country. Now, as African Americans, we must motherfucking accept that we have been the whipping boy of this country for a very, very, very long fucking time. And a lot of people are going to say, well, 
you all, you know, a lot of shit you all brought on yourself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we do. I'll be the first one to admit it. We shoot each other. We hurt each other. We steal from each other. We rob, kill, you know, from each other. But if you look at it, um, most crimes committed by people are committed against people of that same fucking race. I'm pretty sure that there's Asian Americans who commit crimes against Asian Americans. But for some reason, when I look at the news, I don't see anyone saying, oh, no, what about the Asian on Asian crimes? You don't hear that. Um, what we need to motherfucking accept and what I, I accept is that it's not the job of black people to jump in every month where everyone's fucking fighting. Like I said earlier, we, we ain't found the way to win the fight we're in right now. For years, I've lived in a neighborhood where there were stores owned by Asian Americans, um, either first or second generation. Korean nail salons, Chinese food, restaurant, Vietnamese corner stores. And we experienced much racism in our own neighborhood from individuals. And we were told, if you don't want these people in your neighborhood... Why don't you do something on your own and bring it together? Um, and a lot of people say, well, hey, how can you be mad at these immigrants when you had a head start on them? We didn't have a fucking head start. We've had a stunted start. Um, the first Chinese Americans came over in 1850 and were able to work in the 1850s and were able to actually work and fucking get paid for what they did. Until 1865, most black people in America were slaves. Then we can go forward. To what extent did Asian Americans experience Jim Crow laws? Not too much. Although I know Asian Americans have always experienced some form of discrimination in this country. Uh, we go forward a little more. To what extent were Asian Americans hung and beaten in this country? Not really. To what extent were drugs systematically placed in Asian communities and families were broken up and people were put in prison. Not really. To what extent are Asian Americans profiled by police officers and arrested just because of the color of their skin? Doesn't really happen. I know it's fucked up that Asian people are getting hit in the head, getting shot. Damn sure fucked up getting shot. Assault of any form is fucked up. But, and I feel for them. But to expect us to fight for them and to join them in that, it's hard. Because we experience racism in our own communities from Asian people. And to tell us that, hey, you all need to fight as well and help them. That's a hard pill to swallow. And there's no hatred. It's not like we're saying, hey, we hate Asian people. It's like we're saying, that's not our fight and we don't want any part of it right now. We got our own shit to handle. And I look at the summer of 22. And it was the summer of just, the quote unquote, revitalization of black revolution. George Floyd was killed. Breonna Taylor was killed. Riots took place. People were fighting. They were mad. They was protesting. And all I heard was, well, what about these people? What about those people? What about that? 
we're not saying that the pie isn't big enough for everyone to have a piece of. But can we get that motherfucker baked first? Can we can we can we mix the ingredients? Can we put it in the oven? Can we put it on the table and let that motherfucker cool before we have to actually fight for what everybody else needs? I'm a proponent of anyone being who they are that makes them happy so long as it doesn't affect anyone else. I don't care if you're gay, straight, Mexican, Chinese, black, blue, green, none of that shit. But to what, how much of a fight do you want from other motherfuckers who don't have their shit fully together? And for the media or any other groups to say, hey, black people need to join in and help the Asian Americans. You're shitting on black people in general. We have yet to motherfucking establish what the fuck we are in this country. Come on, man. We better than that. It ain't got to go that far. We, we want everyone to be good. We're just more accustomed to the suffering in this country. And we're trying to motherfucking make our own way after fucking four or five hundred years over here. Now, everyone, I hope you all enjoyed the show. This has been Unpopular Opinions and Undeniable Truths. You can catch me every Wednesday on the Block 105. And you can catch my other podcast called Logoons Podcast. It's on every major platform of uh, podcast. It's L-A-W-G-O-O-N apostrophe S P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And you can also catch me on Instagram at Juris Dr. Goon. That's J-U-R-I-S-D-O-C-T-O-R-G-O-O-N. And you can also catch me on my website, logoon.info. That's L-A-W-G-O-O-N dot I-N-F-O. It's been good speaking with you all. Enjoy your time. Be easy. Stay out of shit. Peace, love, and prosperity to everyone. And no matter how unpopular my opinion is or how much you don't like the facts I bring to the table, I want everybody to be good. Y'all be easy now, you hear?